This is The Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Hello, we're back. I'm Kate Stevenson. So this, of course, is The Relish Podcast, a celebration of all those things we love to eat, drink, see and do. This week on the show, well, it all felt a bit dire in the inner west a few weeks back as locals learned that much-loved and awarded restaurant Copper Pot was closing and local publican Anthony Hammond had sold Footscray's Victoria Hotel. We did end up with a happy ending, though, with news that Copper Pot owner and chef Ashley Davis has tipped in with a couple of local hospo champions to take over the Vic. I'll find out what we can expect. And speaking of great boozers, the team behind Brick Lane Brewing have just opened a huge new venue right on the doorstep of the Queen Vic market. Brick Lane CEO and co-founder Paul Balker will explain what they've done with the Merkett Cross Hotel and how they'll be taking advantage of that enviable location. And then... In Eat Drink Do Melbourne, Avani Wines has revealed the new lineup for their summer dining pop-ups. The Gimlet team is celebrating a summer of cherries with a special new dessert. Neighbourhood Wine has launched Patio Aperitivo. Keep listening, we're talking free snacks. The Rosso Coffee Experience opens in North Melbourne and how you can high tea before checking out a stupendous new Titanic exhibition at Melbourne Museum. All that is coming up on the Relish Podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. At Easy Music 3MP, relax with us and all your favourite songs. songs you love from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Easy music, 3MP. Well, it's been a bit of a nerve-wracking few weeks for food lovers in the inner west. There was news that much-loved and acclaimed Seddon restaurant Copper Pop was closing and then that well-known publican Anthony Hammond had sold the Victoria Hotel in Footscray. That was a pub he lovingly renovated and that locals like me really embraced. The good news is we haven't lost Copper Pot owner and chef Ashley Davis completely, nor the pub. In fact, he and a couple of hospo mates have just taken over the Victoria Hotel. So it is a happy ending after all. He joins me now. Ashley, welcome. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. Now, first, and, you know, I, I know how it was personally for me, what was the reaction like when you announced that Copper Pot was closing? It must have been a tough decision and, and you know, you must have felt it from the locals. Yeah, it was, It was to be honest, it was quite overwhelming, the support that we got in the last maybe, you know, six weeks of our, of our Copper Pot journey. It was certainly probably safe to say the busiest we've ever been. Um, you know, a lot of people trying to get in for one last one last road trip or, you know, and support us yeah. um, in, in in the only way that they can, which is coming down and saying hi. So that was great, you know, and it was certainly, <clears throat> yeah, it was certainly a nice send off for the restaurant and, and you know, good to see a lot of our regulars who, who, who've become friends, you know, you, they've become part of the business. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, you know, the wonderful thing is, I mean, you must be, you're opening up now a hop, skip and a jump from where the restaurant is. The Victoria Hotel, it's on the same street. Um, so I guess yeah. you, you would anticipate that that those people who loved Copper Pot and loved what you did in a food sense are going to be pretty excited about this news, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it is a different format and a different business. Uh, I, I would say, you know, pub dining is certainly a little bit more relaxed and approachable. Um, but at the same time, there's, you know, there's some real nice synergy between the kind of European food that I was doing at Copper Pot and, 
and maybe our ambition for where the food goes at the pub, um, you know, but baby steps for now. Right. So let's talk about who's involved because I think particularly for people who live in that area, that was part of the big part of the news. Who have you roped into joining you at the Vic? Well, funnily enough, they they roped me in. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bit of a sliding doors moment because I was doing all the going through the throes of, 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 you know, finalizing things with copper pot and I hadn't told anyone. And, um, Andy Smith from Lux Smith, uh, around the corner and his business partner, Dennis Lucy, who also owns Bottega, uh, in the city and Yardbird up in Albury. Um, they, they kind of approached me and said, Hey, don't suppose you'd be keen on running copper pot and a pub. And I said, well, there's a funny story, um, and, and that's how it all happened. So a bit sliding doors moment, to be honest. It wasn't planned. Um, yeah. And and like um, like Copperpot, Lucksmith is a bit of a local institution. It's very well loved. You know, they've done some really interesting <laughs> things uh, recently, opening that gorgeous new bar on the corner. Um, do you think that between you, you have an understanding of what people in this area want from a pub? Because, you know, Anthony built up a really great community-minded pub anyway. Is it kind of nice to step in and already have an understanding of the locals? I feel pretty... Um happy that it's happened the way that it has and you know we all we all knew anthony previously and loved the pub when you know when it you know when it first opened it was a breath of fresh air for the for the western suburbs i think or when i say first opened you know when it got its renovation and everything that anthony did so great like great great bones for us to work with um and you know like you you spoke about you know, the, the, the inner West and Andy's actually been on that same site for 20, 20 plus years. Yeah. It was Cafe Le Chien, Then it became Luxmith, you know, and they've, you know, I guess evolved, uh, as a business, uh, in the area. And he, he's really that front of house guy that everyone walks down the street and goes, Hey Andy, um, you know, and I think having, you know, joining forces is i think is a, is a really great vibe um we've i've long thought that they had a little bit of something that i didn't in terms of the kind of front of house prowess and the way in which they've evolved their business over the years and and perhaps vice versa as well with the food side yeah so you know um so i think it's a a, a good Good little collaboration, yeah. Pretty amazing coming together of the mind. So um, you did sort of hint there that that probably the food menu will evolve a little bit. What what can people expect now and what's the vision for you or, or are you kind of literally going to wait and see where it takes you? Yeah, I, I think there's a it's twofold. You're a little bit guided by the audience. But, um, you know, my vision, my remit to myself now is pub food done well. Uh, nothing more and nothing less. Um, but, you know, the the space uh, lends itself. It's such a big space. If people haven't been there before, there's like the full front pub part and there's a whole bistro area, what we're calling it. And then there's private dining rooms and stuff like that. So there is perhaps an opportunity to to separate them a little bit slightly and yeah. and do, do a, a, maybe a slightly more ambitious menu, but... Um, in the bistro still, you know, but I always want it to still feel like a pub. Which is what um, I think what Anthony built there, you're right, the bones are great, 
but it's I think it's just very exciting. Ashley Davis, co-owner of the Victoria Hotel, I was pumped when I heard this news. <laughs> when Anthony opened that pub, it, it really felt gorgeous and there was a terrific food offering um, with James Cornwall there, I think, at the beginning. Um, yeah. We were so scared, I think, as a community that we might lose a copper pot and be a fabulous um, local pub. So the news that three hospitality legends, local legends, are taking over is just so good. Congratulations. We'll encourage people to head to vichotelfootscray.com.au. I know you've got a bit of an idea of the menu up now and some of those weekly specials, which give people a great excuse to get in and and check it out, um, and they can plan their visit there. Thank you so much for having a chat with me today, and congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks again. We'll see you there soon, hopefully. Thanks, Ashley. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, speaking of great boozers, wait till you hear what the guys from Brick Lane Brewing have opened right on the Queen Vic Market's doorstep on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. This is the Relish Podcast with Kate Stevenson. Well, it feels like it was a bit of an overnight success story, but I'm sure it's been a longer road than I remember for the owners of Brick Lane Brewing. With backing from some huge sporting food and entertainment names, this local beer seemed to just burst onto the scene and not look back. And now the next evolution in the Brick Lane story is here as the team launch Brick Lane Market in the heart of the Queen Vic Market precinct. CEO and co-founder Paul Bowker joins me now. Paul, welcome. Thank you very much, Kate. Now, so was that it? It was just an overnight success, was it? Or was it a bit of a harder slog than that? Well, I, I guess a lot of businesses uh, seem like an overnight success, but there was a, there's been a lot of planning and a lot of work has gone on, well, not just over the last five years since we launched, but there was a good 18 months of, of planning prior to even, uh, even putting a sign on the door. Now, I was going to say, because where, where did it all start for you and, and how did you go from sort of coming up with the idea of doing it to then also getting, you know, big names, people like Billy Slater and Shane Delia and Eddie Maguire on board and excited about your product? Yeah, like I guess like everything, it starts with a bit of a dream. And the idea was that we wanted to create a brewery that could be sustainable long term. Um, so that, that means something that could stand on its own two feet regardless of, I guess, the vagaries of uh, hospitality industry, which is notoriously tough. Yeah. Uh, so when we headed down that path, we took a view that we wanted to create a business that had had its own brands, had a brewery of scale and also a good hospitality operation. And obviously, uh, my, my, well, not obviously, but my pockets are certainly not that, that deep and not many people's are. So we figured the best way of doing it was to build a bit of a community around it. So we got 40 uh, investors on from day one um, and they're, they're all still with us and they're a great bunch of people. Yeah, and really good, you know, successful, motivated um, sort of professional people. So now we get Brick Lane Market. So, you know, we know your beer. I know Melburnians love Brick Lane beer. You, you guys have had a bit of a history with Queen Vic Market before now? Yeah, it was, it was actually kind of a neat story. We um, When we first opened the brewery about five years ago, uh, we went into a pitch process for the Queen Victoria Night Market beer contract and we were up against, you know, all, all the majors who have had it and Coopers and others have been through it and we decided to pitch for it as well, which was kind of silly at the time because we <laughs> didn't even really have a, have a brewery that was producing beer. But we um, we sort of, I guess we sold a dream, but we backed the dream up and that was five years ago and we've been selling beer at Brick Lane um, Market venues within Queen Victoria Market since we started. Um, so it's effectively really been our home since day one. And in fact, we served our first ever keg of beer, which was a, a red hoppy ale at uh, Queen Victoria Market oh, five years ago. That's so cool. So now lots of people in Melbourne will know the old Mercat Cross Hotel and that's where they'll find Brick Lane Market. What can people expect? Yeah, so 
It's really an extension of the market and you know, a lot of people are familiar with with the precinct and that particular block of land, I guess, um, uh, was formerly owned by the Munro family. It's called Munro's Corner uh, and famously on that corner was the Mercat Cross Hotel. Now, it's not the Mercat Cross Hotel that most people remember because it was, uh, it was pretty much condemned. So we've got all the original red brick facade, uh, but it's all brand new inside. And what we wanted to do was really bring the market into a beer experience. So when you come into the venue, um, it will feel a little bit like you're in the market, but it'll provide different zones and different areas where people can enjoy the precinct, whether on the balcony looking out over it, um, whether in the dining room, the downstairs tasting bar. So it's got this sort of eclectic um, different zones within the venue, um, but all of them try to bring about the best of the market and the best of um, Melbourne and Victoria. And it is funny. It's the first thing I think of is that beautiful balcony there. Now, I assume it's a stupid question to ask what will be on tap, but what's the plans for sort of drinks precinct wide? I assume people can get things other than beer as well as the beautiful Brick Lane beers. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess when we look at this, I mean, this is our home. It's the home of Brick Lane, but it's also such a critical part of I guess Melbourne culture and the Queen Queen Victoria Market precinct. So we didn't want to make it all about beer. So when you come in, you'll get great produce, um, most of it from the market. Um, we've got a great wine list, including a, a Victorian dominant wine list, um, a lot of um, handcrafted spirits. Again, a lot of lot from Melbourne and Victoria, um, and obviously uh, Brickline beers. So we've got 36 taps in the venue and um, all serving new and interesting as well as core range Brickland beers. And I assume, uh, Paul, when it comes to food, I mean, you've got an unbelievable array of produce on your doorstep. Are you taking advantage of the Queen Vic Market traders there with the food? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in fact, we've all, we've really done that over the last five years through our little pop-up stores as well. Um, actually, I'll, I'll give you a current example. Yesterday, as it happens, we had a... Uh, we had a special um, $13 for a dozen oysters, um, which we got, you know, obviously fresh from the market. Um, that, as you would imagine, went absolutely crazy. So we sold through a huge amount of oysters. Um, but, and I guess a nice touch on that as well, we're part of a program called Shuck Don't Chuck. So all those oyster shells we clean um, and then we send away to be stored for six months and then they go into Port Phillip Bay to grow more oysters. So I guess... Um, we try and look at things through the whole life cycle. So produce from the market, how we can best use it, um, and then how we minimise, I guess, the, the impact um, on the environment for, through all the, all the things that we offer within the venue. Amazing. Paul Balker, CEO and founder of Brick Lane Brewing. I think it's obviously really exciting for you guys, but so exciting for the rest of us too. And, you know, Melbournians love the Queen Vic Market. If you give us another excuse to, to get down there, we will not be disappointed. Brick Lane Market has just opened in the last couple of weeks. It's at 456 Queen Street in the city, right next to the market there. We'll encourage people to head, head to the venues page at bricklanebrewing.com for some more info and to plan their visit, of course, to see you. Congratulations and thanks so much for having a chat today. Thanks, Kate. I'm looking forward to seeing you down there. Great. Thanks, Paul. Stick around. I need to share with you some of the best things to eat, drink and do in Melbourne right now on Relish, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's Easy Music 3MP. For lovers of easy music, it all adds up. DAB Plus is the innovation to your favourite station, Easy Music 3MP, where the music is nearer and clearer in stereo right across Melbourne. There is more 3MP to love by upgrading your radio to DAB+. Change the way you listen to 3MP. There is more to love on DAB+.
Find out more at 3mp.com.au. All right, as always, there is just enough time left to talk about some of the best things to eat, drink and do in Melbourne right now. Here it is. And we'll start with eating. And it's become a bit of a summer staple. So it's good to know that Avani Wines on the Mornington Peninsula will again play host to an impressive lineup of well-known chefs for their strictly limited summer dining sessions this December and January. It kicks off on Boxing Day. The lineup features husband and wife team Savni and Aditya from Saudi. There'll be Middle Eastern master Tom Serafian and another husband and wife team in Harry Mangat and Sandy Sojardi from BG Dining. Plus, BG Dining will also team up with Kyle Nicol from Lilac Wine Bar in Cremorne for a bit of a one-off feast on Sunday, January 14th. This is always popular, so you can check out all the details and book your visit at avanisira.com.au. And speaking of summer, this season is, of course, synonymous with cherries. Now, if you want to get a taste of cherries done seriously well, you could consider a visit to one of this city's finest restaurants and bars in Gimlet. From now through until the end of January, they'll be replacing their staple dessert crepe Suzette on the late night supper menu with Cherry's Jubilee. So it's prepared table side, a little bit of theatre. We're talking fresh local cherries, flambéed with kirsch, cognac, orange peel and lemon verbena and served with a kirsch-soaked baba, whipped cream and Gimlet's own pistachio gelato. This will be very special and obviously it is only available for a limited time. The catch, you will need to visit Friday or Saturday night after 10pm to enjoy it on that late night menu. For a bit more on gorgeous Gimlet, head to gimlet.melbourne. And to drinking, well, to celebrate the arrival of the warmer months, much-loved Fitzroy North venue Neighbourhood Wine is launching Patio Aperitivo. So every day from 4pm until 6pm, diners on the terrace can enjoy a complimentary snack with each drink purchased. So you might grab one of their salad martini that has four pillars gin, dry vermouth, muddled green olive and campot peppers, or maybe a Venetian spritz, which has got Rondo, Lemos Prosecco with fresh orange and green olive. And then you can pair it with those snacks. So Dunnelly Bay Natural Pacific Oysters with smoky soy vinaigrette. Or you might grab Robin's Island Wagyu with bone marrow on sourdough cracker. Just sounds like the perfect excuse for an afternoon sip and a snack. Head to neighbourhoodwine.com for a few more details. Now, drinking in Melbourne isn't all about booze, of course. We are nothing if not a coffee-obsessed city. So I've got some good news for the coffee snobs. Renowned roasters Rosso Coffee have just launched the Rosso Coffee Experience in North Melbourne. So it's a venue where you can make your very own cup of coffee from start to finish with a specialist guiding you through that entire brewing process. Or you could just take part in some workshops, so things like machine maintenance all the way through to roasting. Or if you want to be a little lazier and just enjoy a fine cup and a feed, Chef Michael Berniger-Kevin, who's ex-Icebergs, Firedoor in Sydney and more, is in charge of the kitchen. So he's cooking up dishes like hot buttered lobster roll, chilli chorizo folded eggs, or maybe a pretzel steak roll. You can learn a little bit more about what they're doing at rossoroastingco.com.au. And of course, we finish up with do, something to do. Well, here's a novel one for you. How about checking out Melbourne Museum's latest offering, Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition. 
we're talking the most extensive and authentic Titanic exhibition in the world. It's arriving direct from a sold-out season in Paris. Uh, You can see it from the 16th of December until mid-April and it lets you explore that tragic and awe-inspiring history of the iconic ship in a -a one-of-a-kind experience that will transport you straight back to 1912. There are more than 200 artefacts recovered directly from that wreck site. And to really get in the spirit of the time, you can actually book in for a high tea first, so a bit of a menu inspired by the history of the Titanic before you check out the exhibition itself. Learn a little bit more about your visit at museumsvictoria.com.au. Well, Lordy, and that's us. That's us done for another episode of Relish. Uh, As always, you can get in touch with me at relish at 3mp.com.au. But this has been the Relish podcast, celebrating the best in food, wine and travel for Melbourne's easy music, 3MP. You've been listening to the Relish podcast with Kate Stevenson. 